my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Ricardo, minister to the Prospect International and Elizabeth Seventh-day Adventist churches right here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And I'm always thankful for the opportunity that God gives us every day to share His Word with you. Wherever you're tuning in, may the words of God from the Bible be a blessing to you. The overall theme we're unpacking this week is the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. Well, yesterday we saw that speaking about the end time was something that Jesus himself considered important. Today, the big question is, should we all become preppers? We're going to see what that means in a short while. And today I have Pastor Marty with me in the studio to help us answer that question. Marty is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and also Grace Adventist Center. Welcome, Marty, once again. So good to have you here. Great to be here, Pastor Ricardo. Looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful topic today. I, I just love this topic we're digging into today. Isn't it fascinating? This is absolutely, totally relevant for mm. all of us today. This is a very important subject. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And um, as we normally do, dear friends, we share with you an article of um, a great religious world, and we interpret that in the light of Bible prophecy, as we always promise. So the article that I would like to share with you today comes from the um, NBC News, December 12, 2023. The title is Biden officials meet with Jewish leaders at White House to discuss rise in anti-Semitism. Biden administration officials met Monday with top Jewish leaders at the White House to discuss the rise in anti-Semitism. So there is this issue going on, as you can see, if you read the headlines, it is increasing. There's this racism um, on the increase. Amy Spitalnik, the CEO of the Jewish Council for Public Affairs, confirmed that she joined a meeting that included the White House coordinator for the Middle East, Brett McGurk, Homeland Security Advisor Liz Sherwood Randall, and Deborah Lipstadt, the special envoy to monitor and combat anti-Semitism. Second gentleman Doug Emhoff also spoke at the meeting. He said, at a time of increasingly normalized anti-Semitism and hate that threatens our communities and our democracy, it matters that we have a precedent and an administration who understand the urgency of this threat and are advancing a historic strategy to address it. President Joe Biden on Monday uh, touted his administration's efforts to implement a national strategy to combat anti-Semitism that was first announced in May. Prosecuting hate, prosecuting hate crimes, addressing anti-Semitism in schools, increasing security around Jewish centers of life and more is part of what uh, Biden mentioned at a Hanukkah reception at the White House. We're calling upon all Americans, he said that. 
There is no place for hate in America against Jews, Muslims, or anybody else. But the truth is that, as, as I'm going to keep reading, this is increasing um, at a very rapid rate. It says, anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. climbed 388% in the weeks after the Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel on October 7. 388%. Imagine that. Compared to the same period last year, according to the Anti-Defamation League, um, a group focused on fighting anti-Semitism and extremism. The attacks killed about 1,200 people in Israel. Now, in the aftermath, more than 18,000 people have been killed in Gaza, according to local health officials. Biden has increased outreach efforts in recent months to both Jewish and Muslim communities, which have faced growing threats amid the Israel-Hamas war. NBC News reported in October that Biden quietly hosted a meeting with a handful of Muslim leaders as he sought uh, to address ongoing criticism from Arab-American community over his handling of Palestinian civilian deaths and increased domestic threats to Muslim Americans since the war began. That's the article. Now, um, we promised you that we are interpreting these articles according to the light that we have in the Bible. What we have read is basically racism, wars between races, wars between Palestinians and Israelites, wars between a group of people and Jewish people. It's because of simply because of the race. This is this is racism. And I would like us to read Matthew twenty four seven because Jesus mentioned something about this on that uh masterful uh chapter in Matthew twenty four. I wonder if um Marty, could you read verse 7, please? Matthew 24, mm. verse 7. Matthew 24, 7. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Mm-hmm. So normally when we read that verse, we immediately think of international war, which is, which is correct. Mm-hmm. Because kingdom rising against kingdom, that is describing exactly that. Kingdom is the... Greek word basileia, which means exactly that, kingdom against kingdom. But when it says nation against nation, this is interesting because the Greek word there is ethnos, which is, is specifically talking about races. This verse, in that verse, Jesus is saying that before the time of the second coming, we would see racism in the world. This, dear friends, is exactly what we are seeing in this article and every everywhere else in the world. Racism at its best or worst. Mm. Very Mm. sad. Mm. Very sad indeed. Um, Okay, it's time now to um, go for a break. And I have a song by Reggie Smith, I Have Fixed My Mind on Another Time. Fixed my mind on another time, on another time. 
mean to stand until God gives me more light and that is today 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 until he comes I have fixed my mind on another time on another Set my course on the narrow way, on the narrow way. For I know the time is close at hand, for which I watch and pray. And my course on the narrow way on the narrow way even so Lord come quickly this is my fervent prayer for I've Oh
beautiful song by Reggie Smith. I have fixed my mind on another time. And my prayer is that we all have our eyes fixed on the promise of the second coming of Jesus because that is going to happen. Now, our giveaway for this week is the book End Time Hope by Mark Finley. So normally when we talk about end time or when you hear about end time, immediately you connect it to fear, to, you know, anxiety or being alarmist. But this book is called End Time Hope. When we talk about end time, there is reasons to be hopeful. So End Time Hope by by Mark Finley is the book that we are giving away this week. Uh, the code that you need to get a free copy of this book is simply SA205. SA for South Australia, 205, no spaces in between. I've received a few messages, for example, saying SA205, thank you so much for this book. No, just the code, please. Otherwise, our robot will get confused. So it's just SA205. You text that uh, code to the number 04888-808-11. I'll repeat the number, 04888-808-11. And please, we would love to hear from you any feedback, any comment, any prayer requests, any questions. Please use that number, 04888-808-11. We will be delighted to, uh, to get back to you. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A right across Australia with Pastor Ricardo. My co-host today is Pastor Marty, and he's the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center here in Adelaide. This week we're following the theme, the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And the big question for today is, should we all become preppers? So, Marty, I guess the question is, what is a prepper? Does God expect us all to become preppers? This is a good question. So, a prepper is essentially someone who thinks that a disaster, something of a catastrophic proportions is is coming and is likely to occur in the future. Mm. And so, then they, they make preparations because of that conviction that they have that this catastrophe is coming. Mm-hmm. And usually... Um, they would do this by, you know, for example, building underground shelters, um, stockpiling food, particularly, you know, tinned food, mm. things that isn't going to go off, non-perishable. Yeah. And, you know, in certain countries, they would have ammunition uh-huh. and, you know, weapons, etc., and other necessary supplies for, for living. Mm. And so, this is what a prepper would typically do. Typically, they would also be living out in a fairly remote mm. area, far away from, you know, the authorities, etc. And, um, and, and so, that's what preppers do. They recognize that, hey, there's something strange going on in this world. And I think we can all agree with that. And, and, and with mm. that, I would say that the preppers are spot on. Mm. Things are looking pretty catastrophic for the Mm -hmm. future and when you read scripture it's very clear that things aren't going to get better Mm, things are actually getting worse as we get closer to the coming of christ however the issue here is the issue of self-preservation when we think that we have what it takes 
to make it through the end yes. times, we deceive ourselves. We, the only way that we can actually get through is with God. No mm-hmm. stockpiles of food or ammunition is going to get anybody mm-hmm. through what the Bible describes as a time of trouble such as never That's was right. since there was a nation. Now, some people may, may, may get confused and they may say, for example, well, but um, didn't Noah before the flood build an ark with enough food for himself, his family, the animals in there? But we need to realize, I think, that that's exactly what God told him to do. You read my mind. Right? That's exactly right. God <laughs> but, specifically said, this is what uh-huh. you need to do. With measurements and everything. Exactly. But has God told us? To be preppers, as you just no. described. No, you can't. Mm. There's nothing in the New Testament that even comes close to this idea of, you know, building underground shelters and mm. stockpiling tins of, you know, mm-hmm. nut meat or whatever it is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because that's just, in, in reality, Jesus describes it as such a terrible time. Yes. That the only way we can get through is by God's divine protection. Yes. And so there's Psalm, like Psalm 91, is a beautiful Psalm that describes God's divine protection for Mm -hmm. those who abide in Him. Mm -hmm. It begins by saying, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Mm -hmm. I will say of the Lord, He is our refuge and our fortress, my God in Him I will trust. Mm -hmm. And so it's God who's our refuge, it's God who is our fortress. When you abide in mm. him, the almighty God is going to protect you. Exactly. That As, is Isaiah the key. said the same thing in 33, you know, 16. Your water and your bread and water will be secured. Wow. Wow. Mm. This is the good news. And I, I think this comes down to what, what, what exactly is needed to get through the end times is, is, is not that we have a lot of money and resources and that enables us to get through the end times. Mm. If that was the case, how unfair would that be? Exactly. How would that be fair for those who don't have as much? Mm. Are they not going to be able to get through the end times? Mm. Not at all. God is going to make it possible for anyone to get through the end times, Mm. anyone who puts their trust in him. That makes a lot of sense. It would be really unfair. Exactly. Mm. And so... When you read, when we read the Bible, we've got Matthew chapter 24, a great chapter in the Bible where Jesus describes things that will be characteristics of the end of time and there'll be an increase in all of these things, mm. such as we mentioned before, wars, racism, um, racism um, you know, pestilences, diseases, famines, earthquakes, all those things will increase more and more as we approach the end times. But we remember that when Jesus shared about these all of these things, he also spoke about how to prepare for the end. Mm. In the one sermon, Matthew 24 and 25 are actually one sermon. Mm-hmm. We, we shouldn't separate the two. We should always read them together. Very good. And in Matthew 25, we come across a very powerful parable. And in this parable, Jesus gives us the keys which show us how can we be prepared for the end times. So Matthew 25 verse 1, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins 
who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, let's unpack what this means. First of all, the the Bible says that the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to mm-hmm. ten virgins. Mm-hmm. They've got lamps and they're waiting for the bridegroom. Mm-hmm. Now, in Scripture, a church is depicted as a woman. Right. In the book of Jeremiah 6, verse 2, the the daughter of Zion is is that's God's people. Mm-hmm. Jesus is depicted as the bridegroom, right? And his church is depicted as the bride. Mm-hmm. And so the ten virgins represent God's people mm-hmm. who are waiting for the bridegroom's return. In other words, they're waiting for Jesus to come back. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for the second coming. The fact that there's ten virgins is also significant. Because in Jewish worship, the minimum number of males that you needed to have was 10 to have a worship service. It was called a minion. And so that was the quorum, 10 Jewish males. And so Jesus is intentionally using this number to describe once again a church, Mm -hmm. a group of people who worship God and who are waiting for his return. Mm -hmm. It also says, excuse me, the fact that they are virgins... This is an indication of purity. Yes. This indicates that this is a church that has pure teachings. Mm -hmm. When you read the book of Revelation, you have two women in the book of Revelation. This Revelation is full of symbols. Yes. And all those symbols represent something. So the Revelation 12 woman is pure. Mm -hmm. She's God's pure church, true Mm -hmm. church, faithful church. Revelation 17 describes a harlot woman. Mm -hmm an impure woman who is an unfaithful <clears throat> or apostate church mm-hmm. that that um you know shares her wine cup around and the mm-hmm. wine represents false teachings yes and so here we have a pure church mm-hmm. with pure teachings and they're waiting for Jesus to come mm-hmm. they all have a lamp all of There's them 10 virgins mm-hmm. and each of them have a lamp. And, and in the Bible, Psalm 119, verse 105, mm-hmm. says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and light a light to my, to my path. path. So God's word is a lamp. Mm. It's a lamp. It reveals, it, it, it shines light in mm-hmm. this dark world. And so here we have a group of people who believe in the teachings of Scripture. They mm. expect Jesus to come again. This is God's people at end time. Mm-hmm. And yet, the very next verse gives us an interesting insight. It says, Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Mm. So there's a difference. There's two classes. Among these people that have the truth of God's word, who are expecting Jesus to come, among this group of people, Five of them are wise and five of them are foolish. Mm -hmm. Five of them are ready and five of them are not ready. Okay. So I guess the question that rises and begs to be asked is what is the factor that causes them to be uh, foolish? It builds on this in Mm -hmm. the very next verse. It says, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with Uh. them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Mm-hmm. Now, so they all had the lamps, mm-hmm. but the wise took extra oil. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I've, you know, I, I, archaeologists have looked into this and, you know, they've found the, the, what the little lamps would have looked like and the little vessels, what they would have looked like. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and so, you know, the, the reason for having that extra vessel is if the bridegroom was delayed in, in coming, mm-hmm. you could top up your, your lamp and you could stay, it could stay yes. alight. Whereas it seems like the, the foolish virgins have kind of just thought, you know, we should be okay. With just without you know making these extra preparations, we we should be fine. We've got the lamp. We've got a bit of oil in the lamp. It's getting used up, but but that's okay. <laughs> Whereas the wise, they said, no, no, no. We're not going to take our chances. We need more. We're going to have. We're going to have plenty. Yeah. We're going to have more than. You know, we're not just going to mm. hope that we make it through. Uh, we're really going to prepare so for good. this. And so you can see mm. this, can't you? You know, and so. Now, it's interesting in the Middle East as well, they usually have weddings typically at night time. Yes. And that was especially the case back in the time of Christ when he spoke these words. Because, I mean, today here in Adelaide, I don't know what it said on your temperature gauge, Pastor Ricardo, but mine said 40 degrees. So Today? It said 40 degrees today. That Maybe my oh. temperature gauge is a bit off because I thought it was only going to be 36. Well, it felt like it, for sure. You know, and so mm. imagine having, you know, before air conditioning and all these things, imagine trying to ha- pull off a wedding, and in the Middle East, it's... Mm. I, I remember when I was young, uh, you know, SBS News, right? And... I, we used to watch SBS News as a family, and it always finished with going around the world, and you'd see the different temperatures of different places, and I always used to get so interested when you go to the Middle East and you'd see, there's just oh. so many times when it was over 40 degrees, it wasn't funny. Yes. And so, they do their weddings at night because it's cooler. Makes sense, yes. And the lamps were there to help them make their way because, you know... The streets, I've been to Jerusalem, sometimes they're very confusing. There can be very narrow streets mm. and there's, you know, walls on either side of you and you don't really know exactly where you're going. Mm-hmm. And so you need that lamp not only to help you to get there, but so you can help others get there too. Mm-hmm. And to help the bridegroom and all the people to come as you light up the, the way. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. So lamps, necessary. Mm-hmm. Um the foolish virgins, which represent a class of Christians who believe in the Bible. Mm. They believe that Jesus is coming soon. They love they love God. Mm-hmm. They're not hypocrites. Mm-hmm. They're not like, you know, they don't um, you know, say one thing and do another, so to speak. They they mm-hmm. they're genuine. They profess to they, wait they, for they, the second coming. They profess to wait for the second coming, you know. That these are these are good people. Mm-hmm. But they're just, they're taking their chances. They're not, they don't have the extra oil. Not enough oil. That's interesting. And so then what happens is at midnight, the Bible says actually in verse five, it says, but while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they all fall asleep. Bridegroom took longer than what they expected. Mm-hmm. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting because. You know, midnight, this is the darkest period of time. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going to come at the darkest period of this earth. Yes, yes. When the time of trouble, such as never was, mm. has, is taking place. Mm. 
And only those who've prepared well will make it through the crisis. Now, up until this point in the parable, you can't observe any difference between the wise and the foolish virgins. You can't tell who's wise, who's foolish. But now it starts. When the crisis happens, that's when the difference becomes obvious. Mm-hmm. Midnight, the cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Verse 7. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And uh-huh. the foolish said to the wise, <laughs> Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. Ah, here's the problem. The foolish virgins are now found to be unprepared. When the time of peace was happening, when it, they, they seemed all fine. But now that the crisis hits, it's obvious that they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And the wise say, we can't. There's not going to be enough for us and you. Mm-hmm. Go to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those Mm. who were ready went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also. So they'd been off trying to buy some oil. They got some oil eventually. Then they come back, but it's too late. And they say, Lord, Lord. Now, that's significant, that double name there. Mm. Lord, Lord, open to us. But he said to them, answered and said to them, Surely I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, says Jesus, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is wow. coming. So Jesus speaks so, so powerfully here. And, and, and I'll be totally honest when I, Pastor Ricardo, it's scary yes. to think. A desperate situation. That we could know what the Bible teaches. We could be so sure that we have all the right mm. knowledge, but be unprepared. Yes, and that's the difference between the two. The, the, the first group, the... The wise ones, they had extra oil. But the other ones, the, the foolish ones, as you read, they had little oil. So we know that the Bible says that the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. So that means that for the foolish ones, these sort of Christians, they were happy with just uh, a little bit of a relationship with God. Maybe once a week yeah, they had a relationship with God and they said that that should be enough. But the wise ones represent a group of Christians who go like they search for God every day, every morning, every Mm. evening. They need to have that extra oil in their lives. So when the end time surprises them, they were ready to, they knew what to do. Mm. They were prepared. Yeah, this is, this is the absolute key. Like you said, Pastor Ricardo, the oil represents the Holy Spirit. Now we don't, Mm. Just make that up. We got that from Zechariah chapter 4, and you Mm -hmm. read about the oil in Zechariah chapter 4, and the oil was to go through the the seven pipes. Mm -hmm. Um, Sorry, let me read this correctly. The oil was meant to go through the golden pipe and was to go to the seven lamps. Mm -hmm. And the seven lamps was this piece of furniture which was in the sanctuary, Mm -hmm. and it was a it was completely made out of gold, mm-hmm. and it had seven lamps, and they were to be kept burning constantly. Mm-hmm. And this is a symbol of our Christian experience. Mm-hmm. We can't just be part-time Christians. Mm-hmm. You see, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. 
Now, if, if Jesus says you're the light of the world, that's Matthew chapter 5. If Jesus says you're the light of the world, you're not just the light sometimes. Mm-hmm. You are. Whether you're at work, whether you're at home, no matter what you're doing, when it's tax time, when it's, you know, when, mm. when, when the footy's on, when, whatever's happening in <laughs> life. And leave. You know, annual leave, exactly. <laughs> you know, no matter what, you're a Christian uh, 24-7. That's who you are. You don't clock out. Mm. Mm. You're a Christian 24-7, and the only thing that can keep you a Christian 24-7 is having that oil constantly flowing in and keeping that fire going. And what is that oil? It says in verse 6, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. That spirit. Mm -hmm. The spirit of God is the one who enables our Christian experience to stay on fire. If we start to lose the Holy Spirit, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, then we'll be destitute of being able to shine our light for Christ. Definitely. And Mm. we'll be unprepared for when Jesus comes. So then the key question comes, how can we be sure that we are filled with the Spirit of God? Mm. This is the key question that this parable really leads us to. Now, there's a parallel. To be filled with the Spirit of God is to know Christ. Because when Jesus comes, the, the, the virgins who are foolish, Jesus says, I don't know you. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't know who they are. Jesus knows who everyone is. But Jesus is saying, I don't recognize you as one of mine. No, no relationship. There's not a relationship. And so if we know Christ and have a relationship with him, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit. But if we don't truly know Jesus, then we won't have the Holy Spirit. So we can have the Bible, the lamp, and not know Jesus. You can have the head knowledge. Mm. You can know the facts and the figures. You can go on YouTube and listen to plenty of sermons, and you can have Mm. all this stuff that's in your head. But if you don't have a personal mm. connection with Christ, it's it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. And here's what interests me, Pastor Ricardo. When the foolish virgins wake up and they realize that they don't have enough oil, they immediately go to the wise and they say, mm-hmm. hey, give us some of your oil. Now, this tells me that for so long, they didn't have a, their own personal experience with Jesus. Mm-hmm. They were always relying on somebody else. True. They were always relying on the preacher. They were always relying on parents, you know, parents or some other thing, or maybe you know, or, or something even online. Dare I say it? Today, mm. that's very common. Where people, mm. that's that's the source of you know, and and mm. we've got to have our own experience. It's something that we you know, cannot share. We can't be anybody else's conscience, mm-hmm. and we can't be anybody else's personal relationship with yes. Jesus. That has to be personal. Nobody yes. can do your praying for you. Or reading Nobody of the Bible. Nobody can do your personal Bible study for mm. you. We we exist as a church and as God's people to encourage each other, but it is up to us individually mm. to make an effort to connect with Christ. Very interesting. And so I don't know how long we've got until we go for a break, but then I want to we've, hit we've on got a the, few more minutes, maybe five. Five more minutes. Well, you know what? Let's start talking about this this important thing. How do we experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit? How do mm. we how do we truly know who Christ mm-hmm. Christ is? Well, the first thing 
that I want to come to is um, is some some verses in. First one is in Luke eleven, Luke eleven and verse thirteen. Jesus says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Mm-hmm. The word ask doesn't mean ask once. It means ask continually. Mm-hmm. Not because God is unwilling to give the Holy Spirit, but because sometimes our, we are not ready to receive the Holy Spirit. Sometimes there are things in our lives that are blocking the Spirit of God from having access. You know, Jesus said you can't serve God and material things. Mm -hmm. You've got to make a choice. Who's most important in your life? What matters? Yes. What matters for eternity? And 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 if things matter for eternity, then focus on those things. Don't allow things to become so important to you in your life that you neglect time with Christ. There's so many Christians, sadly, and all of us can fall into this trap. Mm. No matter who we are, where we become so busy with the things of this world that we neglect our relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. There's a story which Jesus told about two ladies. One was Mary, one the other was Martha. And and Martha, it's it's actually the story that kind of just comes just before this in Luke 10, the end of chapter. Chapter 10. Yes. And Martha opens her home up for Jesus. She wants to serve Jesus and his disciples. You know, her heart's kind of, it's in the right place, basically, yes. in a sense. She wants to do something good she for Jesus. She believes in Jesus. She believes in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But the problem becomes that Mary sits at Jesus' feet and listens to his teaching. She takes the opportunity to hear Jesus speak, whereas Martha gets distracted with much serving. Mm. She even gets distracted doing good things. Mm. Wow. There's many good things. You know, our jobs are important. Um, there's, you know, there, there's many good things that, that yes. demand our time. Can easily happen to any of us. Um, our health is important. Mm-hmm. Our relationships with people are vitally important. We all know that. Mm-hmm. If you don't spend time with your children or your spouse, that's not going to go well. But there's something that is even more important than all of those good things, and that is our relationship with Christ. Very and interesting. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. You see, there's always going to be time for other things to absorb our mm. attention. But if we spend time with Christ... He will teach us how to spend the rest of our time wisely. Mm-hmm. That's why he added chapter 25. We may know <laughs> chapter right. 24 by memory. All the signs Absolutely. or the events of this before the second coming of Jesus by memory. But yeah. if we don't have that experience of Matthew 25, mm-hmm. the if wise it doesn't burdens, lead us to something, there's no point. If it doesn't lead you to true repentance mm. and searching for God with all your heart, then all the knowledge is wasted. Mm-hmm. We, we, we need to be Marys in a Martha world. We live in a world that idolizes yes. busyness and productivity. Mm-hmm. It, we, but we need to learn that less is more and that it's okay if we don't get everything you know, done as quickly as we probably wanted it to get done. The most important thing is that we connect with Christ each day. Mm. That's each a very important day. thought. Each day. Connection with God every day. 
We're going to go to a break uh, with that oh, thought in man, mind. There's, there's, there's some more coming, Pastor Ricardo. We're sure. gonna, there's, there's so many good texts on this topic. And so little time to share. But um, let's listen to a song by Luke and Salma. And the song is To the End. Oh 
was Luke and Salma Willie with To the End, which is so true. To the end. We need to endure until the end every day. It's not that I'm saved today and I will be saved every day. Our salvation depends on our relationship with Jesus. Um, so don't forget that. Our giveaway this week is the book, as I mentioned before, End Time Hope by Pastor Mark Finley. The code that you need to text us in order to get a free copy of the book is SA205. Text that to the number 04888-80811. SA205. Nothing else, no spaces, just SA for South Australia, 205. The number is again 04888 11. Let me talk to you about the book a little bit, End Time Hope, A Journey to Eternity by Pastor Mark Finley. Terrorist threats, school violence, devastating tornadoes, a shaky economy, the rising nuclear threat in Iran and North Korea, for example, it's enough to frighten anybody unless you understand what's behind today's headlines. This book provides answers to the confusing dilemma this world is facing. You will experience hope as you read each chapter, as we explore what the Bible says about what is really going on in our, in our world. You will discover answers that satisfy your head and speak to your heart. There is some incredibly good news in this book by Mark Finley. The biblical teaching of the return of our Lord Jesus does raise some questions. How will Jesus come? Is it a secret, silent coming, or a majestic, glorious event? What events will precede Jesus' return? Has our Lord himself given us end-time signs that signal his coming is near? What is the meaning of Armageddon and the tribulation? What about the rise of the Antichrist? How can we prepare for the coming of our Lord? Every chapter of end-time hope echoes with certainty and, best of all, the answers come directly from Jesus' own words in the Bible. You can face the future with greater confidence. In these pages, you will look beyond what is to what will be, and your heart will soar. Um, joy will be yours as you discover hope for today, tomorrow, and forever. So please don't wait any longer. Just text the code SA205 to 488 11. And please send us your comments, feedback, or questions. We'd be more than happy to um, get back to you. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Welcome back, dear friends. You're listening to Faith FM, Drive Time, Big Q&A. This is Pastor Ricardo, your host for today. And joining me in the studio, I have Pastor Marty. He is the pastor of Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Church and Grace Adventist Center right here in Adelaide. The theme for this week is the Bible, Jesus, and the end times. And the big question we've been dealing with today is, should we all become preppers? What else can we say about this amazing uh, parable of Matthew 25, uh, Marty? Yeah, Pastor Ricardo, we have been looking at the parable of the ten virgins, Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. One of the most powerful parables that speaks to this idea of being ready for mm -hmm. Jesus to come. Mm -hmm. We discovered that there's going to be, 
obviously we we know that there are going to be many people who are totally unprepared. They don't even believe yes. that Jesus is coming again. Um, they're not expecting Jesus to come. This parable isn't talking about that. This parable is talking about those who believe in Jesus. They believe in the Bible. They believe Jesus is coming soon. Mm-hmm. And yet some are going to be ready and some are going to be l- mm. unprepared. They're going to be lost based on one thing. And that one thing is, do they have the Holy Spirit? Do they know Christ or they just know about him? And that's the, that's the thing. Now, we looked at the fact that Jesus has asked for the Holy Spirit continually. Mm-hmm. Be a Mary in a Martha world. In other words, sit at Jesus' feet. And can I just say... If you're busy today, you're listening to this program and you think, oh, man, I'm so busy. Mm. How am I going to find 30 minutes or an hour every day to connect with God? Now, here's the thing. Spend a bit of time every day. Start with however long you've got. Mm -hmm. Allow God to put the desire in your heart to spend more time with Him. Mm -hmm. It's not a task. It's a relationship. But sometimes when you begin, it can feel like a task. And we've got to be disciplined. We can't just pray when we feel like it. We've got to pray even when we don't feel like it, mm-hmm. because that can be the very time we need it the most. Sure. Same thing with reading Scripture. We don't just read Scripture because we feel like it. We read Scripture because it's our life. Mm. But the, go- the beautiful thing is that even if you feel like you have to force yourself a bit in the beginning... Or from time to time, I can testify and say the most precious time that I look forward to is my time mm-hmm. in Scripture and prayer. It's like thinking about um, when you're dating the love of your of your life, right? No matter how busy you are, you are always going to find the time to spend time with that person. Absolutely. But in order to get to love that person, you need to get to know that person first. And in, in order to get to know that person, you need to spend time. That is the reality. Absolutely. You do. You do. And and it's different in a sense to talking face to face because you can't mm. we can't see God and sometimes that's where we struggle. We go, well, mm. you know, I, is this really working? Mm-hmm. I, I get up off my knees and I feel just as, you know, just as grumpy <laughs> yeah. as, as when I started praying. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I feel just as stressed. Don't aim for happiness. Don't pursue happiness or peace. Pursue Christ. Mm-hmm. There's a beautiful saying that I once heard. It says, when I looked at Jesus, the dove of peace flew into my heart. Mm-hmm. When I looked at the dove, it flew away. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeking peace and happiness and prosperity, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. But if you seek Jesus Christ, you'll get everything else mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Seek the relationship Seek the relationship more than anything else. That's, you know, this is, this is eternal life. Mm-hmm. And the thing what I'm trying to say is that if you feel like you're too busy, well, you know, the reality is, or, or if it's going to be some sort of, you know, difficult task to, oh, you know, I'm going to have to wake <laughs> up early or I'm going to have to do this. I'm going to have to change my schedule here. Isn't, isn't eternal life worth it? Isn't knowing your creator and the one who Paid for your sins mm. on the cross, isn't that worth it? You know, there's no, there's no real sacrifice. The, the blessing of connecting with Jesus each day is the most precious thing that you could ever have. What a privilege that God gives to us as human beings, sinful human beings. What a privilege to connect with the God of the universe. Mm. 
Now, Jesus says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily mm-hmm. and follow me. It's a daily experience. Yes. We need to surrender ourselves daily. We need mm-hmm. to learn not to live for self mm-hmm. and for what we get out of it. Just like Paul said, I die daily. I die daily. Why do mm-hmm. we need to do that? Because we're like we're like a vessel with little holes in it. And every morning when we spend time with God, we get filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But, but inevitably, we wake up the next morning and guess what? We need to get filled again. Again. So what about that um, common saying um, or phrase, once saved, always saved? <clears throat> it's not in the Bible. Mm, for it's sure. totally not in the Bible. Jesus makes it very clear that it's a daily experience of taking up our cross. Amen. And this is the issue, I think. There's going to be many people who think they are saved and they're lost. Mm-hmm. In fact, this is one of the devil's greatest deceptions. Let me read. You know, we, we read just before that that the virgins, the, the ones that were foolish, they get to the door and they, and they say, Lord, Lord, open to us. Mm. Now, the significance of the double name is, is quite... Is remarkable. We don't have time to dig into it today, but it, it expresses a lot of earnestness mm-hmm. and sincerity. And we read it again in Matthew 7. Not everyone who says to me, Jesus is speaking, mm. Lord, Lord. Mm. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. These are sincere people. We, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, oh. you who practice so they, lawlessness. They, they say, Lord, Lord, but they don't do the will of the Father, basically. They say, Lord, Lord. They're sincere that they, they yeah, they, they, they want to do something for Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. And so they don't know what he really wants them to do. They don't know Jesus, so therefore they don't know God's will. And this is the problem, that we can be so secure in thinking that we're right with God that that's the problem. We don't, we don't realize, as, 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 uh, as Jesus tells us in the book of Revelation, he says, you don't realize that you're poor, miserable, blind, and naked. Oh. And so we need to come to Christ and say an honest prayer and say, Lord, reveal to me my true condition. Mm-hmm. A daily Help thing. me to see my need of you. Help me to put every other thing aside and put you first. Because if because if those things if you know, if my house burned down tomorrow and my car was broken tomorrow and at the end of the day it'd be okay, but Lord, if I don't know you, mm. then how can I go on mm-hmm. with, with any sense of peace and certainty? Now that's the preparation for the end times. This is the key. The foolish virgins, unfortunately have got still caught up with the things of this world and got distracted so that they failed to have a true daily connection with Jesus Christ. The wise virgins are those who put Jesus ahead of everything else. They connect with him each day. Every morning they say, Lord, I'm empty. Mm -hmm. Fill me again. Lord, I'm nothing Mm -hmm. without you. There's Mm -hmm. nothing good in me. Please give me your spirit today. Wow. So simple and yet so important. So important. And they put their full trust in Jesus. Lord, there's nothing I can do to save myself. Mm-hmm. But I'm trusting in the merits of a crucified and risen Savior. I'm trusting 
that you, Lord Jesus, have Mm. taken my sins. You've put your robe of righteousness around me today, and I go throughout this day trusting my life into your hands. Every Mm. day we need to do that. No matter how complete your conversion may have been when you started to become a Christian, Mm -hmm. it will avail you nothing unless you renew that commitment to Christ every day. And that's that's the key. Amen, amen. Let's pray about that. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, today we've learned that unless we have a daily relationship with you, we won't make it. In fact, we cannot make it on our own. That's why we need you. Lord, we would like to be like the wise virgins, that even if the final events take us by surprise, we will be prepared with the Holy Spirit in our hearts ready for the times that are ahead of us, knowing what to do. We pray that we may all have that daily encounter with you. And we pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This was Pastor Ricardo and Pastor Marty. Please join us tomorrow for another Drive Time Big Q&A show, because we will see whether or not talking about the end times makes you an alarmist. Until then... Remember that God says their bread will be supplied and water will not fail them. Isaiah 33, 16. May God bless you all. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.